You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IVT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivilevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom, this is a special Zubamir Rabbonon Shir that's dedicated to Lehili Nishmas Alana Basbela. That was my sister who passed away five years ago tonight. And uh, I want to discuss an aspect that is connected to Hilchus Tzedakah, but was very much relevant to her life. And although some of the details here do not align with the way things were in the mid-20th century, when the question came up, uh, it's interesting to see the postgames and how they try to uh, deal with something that was quite new. When these uh, sanitariums began to arise and the doctors started to theorize what they could do with people who were either terribly emotionally scarred or what we would call developmentally disabled, what used to be called in a very ugly fashion, retarded, there was a, a great hope um, and speculation, um, hope merged with speculation as to what they might be able to accomplish. And the Rabbonim heard what the doctors were saying and then were approached by the parents or the relatives, whether those children or young adults or older adults could be sent to such an institution, institutions where the keeping of kashras was quite impossible. And that's really the, the, the topic for tonight. Stopped really before this statement, where the Rambam says, When it comes to tzedakah, there's eight levels. And the greatest level is zehamachzik biyad Yisroel shemoch. That if there's a Yisrael, there's a Jew that has become poor, that he's struggling, um, that, that doesn't have what he had before. And you either give them a gift or a loan, or you decide to become a partner with them. In other words, the greatest type of tzedakah is when it's not seen as tzedakah. A gift you might give to someone you like, to someone who you appreciate. Um, a loan is something that you expect to be paid back. Or you you make a deal with them. You actually recognize that although they have don't have the money, they don't have the capital, there might be other things about their station that allow them to share with the giver. They become partners. Here's the part that's relevant to us. O mamtzilo melocha. Or they come up with a job they could do. They carve out a way that this person can actually have the dignity of working. Actually, it's that they don't have to ask anyone. That's the greatest tzedakah, is giving someone a job, giving and thinking of a way that they can actually work and feel positive about themselves. 
and they don't have to be dependent on the community. And that's what the Pesach says, That's the way he could live with you, right? He lives with you not as a second-class person, but he lives with you as part of a vibrant, contributing community. Says the Rambam, he shouldn't have to need. That's the highest level of stalker. So the, we're going to see tonight that the great Maharam Sheikh um, was asked a question about not, not a, a development disabled person, but about a blind girl. And the question was that the blind girl would be able, by going to one of these institutions, to become um, able to and get to do work and contribute to society. And the Maram Shik, basically the great student of the Chassam Sofer, the Maram Shik writes that she, the girl would be eating treif, she wouldn't be keeping Shabbos, so the Maram Sheikh says, but but she's going to be learning a trade with her infirmity, with her blindness. She'll be learning a trade. Mistabra de mitzvah A parent who has a child that is handicapped has a mitzvah to teach that child, to allow that child to learn to contribute. Because if she's not going to be able to learn, then she's just going to be a ward of the Jewish community. There's no greater gemilas chesed than to give someone the opportunity to contribute. And that, of course, is basically the Maram Sheik, whose also his name was Moshe, taking from, of course, Moshe ben Maimon. So that, to me, is my bridge to this question. And one of the beautiful things that one gets when you look through the Chuvas Forum is the respect and that the Rabbanim had for the question and the respect that they had for the individual communities and for the person that was being that was that was sending the question, and I'd like to be able to for you to share uh, in my reading some of the sweetness of the uh, of how the questions was formulated, some of the beautiful language uh, that is actually two hundred years ago. This chuba was written in um, two hundred years ago, and it reflects that time. So here we go. Um, the Shavu says that I hope, of course, for the peace of the great Gon, the great famous Gon, and of course, you have a yeshiva. He had a yeshiva with him in Preshburg. He wasn't just writing chuvas; he was teaching. There was a large yeshiva that he was the head of, and he was constantly involved and. Obviously, if you're sending a question to the great Moshe Sofer of Preshburg, you're going to speak about his yeshiva as well, that everything should be Heshke, Dubetach, Shuba, Benachas. 
He says, and then he writes poetically, Hersh, It was such a wonderful day that I came and met you. I was able to taste the sweetness of your words, hearing you say, speak in Torah. And I remember how you promised that you would answer me if I needed something, that I could send you questions. Now, this is the, this is the time that I need you. What happened? There was a Sephardi in our community. I'm not sure. This might have been a Tabung in Germany. I have a, a clue. But it's two years since this Sephardi man died. He left a five-year-old son that is now seven. Everything it sounds like he does, he seems so foolish. He talks, yes, there are words that come out of his mouth, but it's only sounds and maybe repeating things. Like he repeats words that he hears, but he doesn't really know what he's saying. He can hear when people speak to him. But he doesn't really understand what people mean when they talk to him. He's not deaf. He's not a mute, but he's clearly not what we call a pikeach. So even though the Gemara in, in Chagiga and other places speaks about what is called a shota, and he gives various um, behaviors that indicate that the person is mentally not able to digest what's really happening in the world, most of those Gemaras are not about developmentally disabled people. They're about people who act completely erratic, people who who are who have been emotionally or scarred, have been scared, or um, but not necessarily ones that have not been able to uh, be, who were held back by their inability to reason and think. So therefore, often we need to sort of apply. The basic principle of Shota, the way it's described in the Gemara Chagiga and other places, as someone whose way of processing the world is so flawed that they don't really comprehend things. So someone who is clearly developmentally disabled, someone whose everything they say, their hints, their winks, their movements show that they are totally within their own world, not really part of the greater world. So that person is a shota. And we have to say that he has a very weak mind. However, the father left a tremendous estate. And he is the only child. I don't know where the wife is. Now, of course, a wife, Lahalocha, doesn't inherit her husband. Still, it sounds like the wife is somehow out of the picture. Because the next line says that the boy's relatives went to the best doctors. The best. The ones that were well-tested. The ones that people gave four stars on Yelp to. What should we do with this child? What can we do for his goof and his nefesh? What did they say? 
Well, he has a little bit of understanding of things. He's very, very weak. The only thing that can be done for him, it's either in Vienna or in the city of Vatsin, which is right near Pest. Now, we also we know, of course, that there are, in Hungary, there's Buda and Pest, and Budapest, which is really the two cities coming together. So near the Pest side of, 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 of town, and the Pest city, near that city, not far, was the city of Vatsin. And both of these places had these sanitariums. And they have teachers, Milandin, and they say that they are able to take children and teach them. They're able to give them more. They're able to, to allow them to scale a ladder of understanding. And therefore, all the doctors said, based on what everyone was saying about the sanitarium, definitely they will definitely, by going there, be able to be raised higher and higher in understanding. They probably will never be like a what we would call the standard person, but they could be a look at the language here, Bal Anushi. They could be part of the human community. And what would that mean? Lisa to be able to discuss, to be able to say something back, and to think before they talk and to respond, and to earn a living. Now, this is the question now. Once that child is there, this seven-year-old, even though technically they could send him food, and that would be enough food for him because there's a lot of money, and therefore they could technically keep on using the Jewish community there, bring food to him, the officers the administrators of the hospital, the sanitarium, will not allow it. They won't, they don't allow, part of their rules is not to allow food in from other places. Why? Because it's part of the idea that all the kids are together, that all the kids need to eat together and even when they're eating and drinking. It's part of this communal uh, connectivity that somehow 200 years ago they thought was essential to the growth, the intellectual growth of these stricken children. So now to send that child, would it be allowed? Because they're definitely going to eat Nevelis and Trefus. So that was the question that was asked of some safer. Now, it's clear from the answer that he didn't just ask the question. He also attached his own reasoning, this Rev Hirsch. Um, and the Chamsofer refers to it. Um, so when I came across this chuva so many years ago, you know, I right, I, I right away thought about my sister because um, she was sent away from 
uh, where my parents lived in Memphis. She was born in 1943 in Russia. And she came to the US and they knew of course that, that, that she was not uh, a, a normal child. And this was one of the reasons why my parents were not able to obtain visas to where my father really wanted to go, which was Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael at the time, although by 1948, there already was a country, they uh, refused because they did not believe they had the wherewithal. They were stretched to the limit and to bring in a, a child with special needs something they weren't ready to do to grant a visa. She did not have kosher food. And again, this struck me. Is there a concern if she could, if, if the orthogenic school was like the some Sofer's case, or that was, it was held out, there was hope that she could be changed, that she could be more normal, that she could perhaps develop based on their methods. But there was no kosher there. There was no Shabbos there. And when she went to the, the West Tennessee Hospital for the Mentally Ill, there was, there was no chance of her really receiving any kosher food. And the question is, of course, can a parent do this? Can a community allow this? The child, maybe there's not a problem because she's not Mahayev and mitzvahs. But there's an Easter, as we're going to see, of feeding even a child who's not Mahayev and mitzvahs, of feeding them non-kosher. And that's really where the Chassam Sofer starts us off. It's funny, he says, I got the letter um, in just 10 days ago, and it's already uh, close to Tammuz, but the date on the letter is the 24th day of the Omer. He says, wow, how come it took so long to come from Tübingen to Preschburg? I see that it took a long time. So I figured since there was a, it seemed like they were ready to send this girl, to send this boy uh, to the sanitarium from the fact that it took so long from the letter to come, probably whatever occurred already occurred. Probably you've already decided what to do without me. So because of that, uh, I got the letter 10 days ago. I didn't answer it right away. Normally, if I get a letter and I know that they want an answer, I am going to pen everything out of my mind in order to answer right away. That's what the Chassam Seifer did. We have it in numerous occasions that this God Ador, the Russian Shiva, the man of the Posik of the city, but when he would get a question, he would roll up his sleeves and work on it assiduously and as, as great as possible. He says, over here, I didn't work. I didn't quickly answer you because I figured it's probably done already and I took my time a little bit 
but I am still answering you because you are a Rosh, you yourself are a Talmud Chacham because of your Torah, and I'm going to answer. Now, some Sefer, when he rephrases the question, says it's clear that the relatives want him to be have a better Olam Hazeh. Okay. But clearly, they are not Jewish. It's probably a Christian-run institution. And they're not going to be able to find kosher food. And now he said it. Now, you already, the Chamsofer says, already showed me in the in, in the in the Kunturis that accompanied your question. You already showed me your ability to paskin Lakula. And you want to know what I think. So he says, I'm not really Kedai Lahachriya. And here he was, he was the Godel Adar. Okay, even though his, his father and a lot of Kibaker was still alive. Uh, but clearly in, 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 in 1824, he was already the place that so many people were turning to. He says, I'm not Kedai Lahachriya. However, clearly, if she indeed he indeed is a shota, he will grow to be a shota, and therefore he'll never be chayv in mitzvos. And by sending him to this school, this sanitarium, this hospital, this this institute, he's going to be able to have das, and that das will allow him to pass into the area of actually keeping mitzvahs. So it's posh, it seems to be, we should allow it. Because right now he is completely out of mitzvahs. So it would seem that even though he's not going to be there forever, so even though there as a child, he's going to be being stuffed with non-kosher food, but this is the only, this is a way to turn him into a, a a Ben Yisrael who can do mitzvahs. So it seems simple that we should allow him if this process indeed is able to accomplish that. Now again, I based on my own sister's experience, and based on our knowledge that we have now of of developmentally disabled children. You know, we, we, our expectations are, are are a lot lower, but at the time, that is what the rabbanim heard. They, again, they heard the PR of these sanitariums about what they were able to do, and if they are able to do that, so it makes sense. And Torah, when it comes to shrotzim, the Torah writes extra lo sochlum. Don't eat that. But already says, of course, that this is a sheketz and you can't eat it. So Chazal and Yevamis learn out, it's in the Torah's Kohanim, way before the Gemara Yevamis, that lo sachlu means lo sachilu. Don't feed them to another. Lahazir gedolim al That gedolim should not, they are muzhar. They are warned. They are considered guardians. They are considered responsible for what the child is eating. The Avera, in this case, of eating a sheritz, eating one of the, the creepy crawly things. 
Okay. That's an Easter from the Torah. The Gemara and Yavamis, though, wonders, what is that Easter? Is that giving, again, and, and we're going to separate this from what a parent has to do. Because remember the, the terms that I just used. Lahalzir gidolim al-ketanim. Gidolim means adults. It doesn't mean a parent. Ketanim means children. Not necessarily the children of the adult. The adults of the community have a responsibility to the children. The Gemara Bama says, what is it? Is it that they can't actually hand the child the food, the ham sandwich? Is that what it's about? Or does Bezdin have a responsibility to make sure that children are not putting trafe in their mouths? That even though they're coming to the trafe on their own, is Bezdin Mechuyiv? And when we take it away from the child, we're sort of like agents of Bezdin. Bezdin can deputize everyone to be on the lookout. And if you see kids that are doing something awesome, you need to stop them. Whether they're eating something awesome, wearing shotnays, whatever it is, you need to stop them. Or is the Isser and the, the Talmudic terminology, the Aramaic words, to actually use your hands to sort of feed them? Is that the Isser? So the Gemara Yavam is, is not sure how expansive it is. But it's clear from the Gemara Yavam and the way we pass it that it's definitely Isser to give treif to give something usher, to to actually give in to actually give a child a dover usher. Now it doesn't mean that you open up the jaws of the child and then you then you use your hands to to cause the teeth to chew. Giving it to him and the human nature of eating what's given that's already usher. Obviously, you don't force feed the child, but when you are the prime reason the child has the food, that is definitely also. Whatever the Isser is, if you are the one that creates the situation that the child then naturally falls into, that's an Isser from the Torah. So is that what's, is that what's, is that what's happening here? So there is a Svara to say that if all, if the Isser is feeding the child, that maybe it's only a child because, and because you might say that, and, 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 and the Svara was already articulated by the great Rabbi Yisrael Isserlin, the Baal Trumas Hadeshen in the, um, in the 16th century, actually the, the 15th, end of the 15th century, 15th century, the great Truma Sadeshan articulated this in the 15th century, that 
the reason behind it is because the child now becomes addicted to this. That if you hand this Isser to the child, the child now grows up with it. And this is what the child will want. And when the child is an adult, the child's chayiv in mitzvos. So you're the one that has ensconced, you're the one who has inserted into the child the metia to do averos, or and that that's what they're going to want. And that's the reason behind this mitzvah. So if that's true, then it wouldn't apply necessarily to someone who never would become chayiv in mitzvahs. It's only also because you are now spoiling the adulthood of this child. But if there is no adulthood for the child, because the child is developmentally disabled, maybe there is no Isser. So that was an idea that Rev Hersh of Tobungin was playing with. And he says, no, you can't be Mako. He says, just because he's a Shota, and on that, the Chsam Sofer applauds his idea. You don't say because he's a shota we could feed him food anyway. Why? Because if we have to worry about children, we have to worry about all children. Whether the child is development disabled, whether he's a cherish that he can't hear and can't process things in those times. Because look at the words some Sofer says. Lachazir what does that mean? It means Godel means the ones that have the mitzvah can't allow this material to be imbibed and be used by those who don't have the mitzvah, no matter who the child is. He says, I am aware of the great Trumas Hadeshen who writes this. But he says, first of all, he makes he made that up. He's think he is he is assuming that's why God says it, sh it shouldn't be done. That's his own svar. We don't create our own svaras of why the Torah says you can't do something. The Chassam Sofer then goes into the Gemara in Yevamos to try to prove that there is no difference. Somewhat complicated. Um, The Gemara Nivamis is talking about a, a, a two a deaf mutes who are married to each other. And the status of those deaf mutes basically meant the Cheresh in the time of the Mishnah was basically uh, downgraded, not as it is today, and downgraded to a point that they aren't Chayev and Mitzvahs. That is the Indian of a, of a Cheresh. So the, the rabbis allowed a cheresh to have somewhat of a of a married life. They allowed a cheresh to marry a chareshet, and even in some cases to marry a non-chareshet. But in this situation where these two feeble-minded individuals are living with each other, but because there's a brother who has married the sister of this other feeble-minded girl, so there's two brothers marrying two sisters, and now the brother who was a pikeach, who had his mental faculties, passes away without 
children. Now there is a Zika that is connected to this Cheresh, even though the Cheresh is really in a way not really connected to mitzvos, there's still some power that connects him to his rabbinical wife's sister, which is actually more powerful than what he has with his wife, because that's only a rabbinical creation to give him the appearance that he has a life, a married life, but it's not really a marriage. And now, what we force him to is to we force him to he can't really be involved and do anything in terms of his sister-in-law, but his sister-in-law's connection to him forces a divorce between and we separate the two. So the Gemara says in Yavamas, oh, you see from here that the Gemara said that Bezdin steps in and doesn't allow even rabbinical averot to happen because there's a there's there's it, it's there's achas zikukosai. This is the sister of someone that there's zika to. But they're both not really chayim mitzvahs. What do we care? Well, the Gemara says, well, you see from here that Bezdin has to get involved. Wait, says the Chassam Zofer. If the Truma Sadeshin is right, Bezdin's not getting involved. <laughs> there is no Isser. These two are ever going to change. In the time of the Mishnah, there was no way you could not be a Cherish. You were a Cherish for life. You were deaf-mute for life. You're a Shota, basically. And therefore, there's no issue about, and since you're living with this other girl, so even though now an Isser has reared its head based on the, the, his brother's death and the power of Zika, but that Isser shouldn't be relevant. So the Chassam Sofer says, you see from here that from, from the way the Gemara is working, the Gemara believes that there is no difference between a Shota, a Cheresh, and a Kotan. It's all the same. Chassam Sofer, although he he wants to uh, push the Truma Sadeshan away, on, oh, 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 after further analysis, he actually um, wants to uh, uh, speculate that it could be this question of what does Lo Sachilum tell us? Does it tell us that you cannot feed the ham sandwich to the child? Or does it mean that Bezdin sends its agents of snoops and everyone is an agent of snoop to stop children from doing avers. If it's that everybody becomes a snoop agent, then obviously it has nothing to do with making the kid turn into something. Because we're not doing that. The kid found his way into a uh, a bag of, uh, of, 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 of onion ring of, of pork, pork rind licorice and is now chomping on it. We didn't make him do that. We're not causing him to be that way. We're not turning him into a, a bad Jew. 
the fact that we have to take those pork rind licorice away from man shows you that this is not about what we're doing to him. It's make sure that these Averos, even though it's not Avera by them, doesn't happen at all, even by children. That's what it is. And that would mean even by a Shota, even by a child who's never going to develop. Whereas if you say that it's about feeding them, then it might be like the Trumas Adeshin says. However, some Sofer says that, and you're coming into a city and you're not sure who you should give your objects, your wallet, your expensive items to. So the Gemara says that there's two possibilities. One is that you could, as you're walking, you could give it to a child, and the child is basically walking. He doesn't stop. And since he's not stopping, so the child isn't really doing an akir and anocha. You put it on the child as the child is walking. It's not yet Shabbos yet. And this way, the child, in a way, carries your object. Or there's another possibility that you should give it to a cheresh if there's a, a, a person of limited intelligence who's not chayv and mitzvahs. So the Gemara has two possibilities. So the 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 some sofer says why are there these two possibilities and he said it must be that even though in that case you're actually placing the object onto the either the 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 disabled person or the child the question would be what's the reason behind why I can't do that even if it's Shabbos why can't I Give it, do an action towards a child to have the child be Mechal Shabbos? Is it because I am training him and this way Chil Shabbos gets into his memory banks and he's going to remember doing it and he'll do it when he becomes an adult? Or is it just about you shouldn't allow these things to happen? So even though here we do allow it because it's before Shabbos starts, and we know you're worried about your money, but the Chamsofer says that if you say the reason is that it's Xerus HaKosov, so if it's Xerus HaKosov, it's not, there's no Svara behind it, then it's better to give it to a child. Because if people see you giving it to a, an adult who's a Cheresh, they don't know that that person's a Cheresh. And they might learn the wrong thing. But if you say the reason is because you're going to be training the person, then you don't want you don't want to give it to a child because with a child, had this been on Shabbos, there would be an Isra Daraisa. So you give it to a Cheresh, despite the fact that. We don't, because a cherish is not connected to the Isser Daraisa at all. So the Chamsofer proves that this idea of the Truma Sadeshan is actually, it's the way he's thinking, is actually two Lashonas in the Gemara and Shabbos. So it's a Sofek, we have to be Machmir, and we have to assume that the Truma Sadeshan is wrong. And therefore, there would be no Heter 
to say, well, this is a shota anyway. There isn't a problem of feeding him food. So you see what Achsam Sofer does. He takes an idea and he finds uh, the, the source of who articulates it and he pulls it back into the places in the Gemara where it seems to be rearing its head. Now, school, is that like sticking the sandwich in his hand? Enrolling him in the school, entrusting him, is that really the same? So first of all, the Psalm Sofer says that even if it is, even if you want to say that you know what they're going to do, you know they're going to feed him, you know that this is going to be part of life there. So that's like you were putting the sandwich in. Even if you want to say that the Psalm Sofer is not ready so quickly to accept that. But it should be mutter anyway. Why? Some sober gives a parallel. He says, clearly, this is the way that even though he's eating treif and he's not keeping mitzvahs, but this is the way he becomes someone who will keep mitzvahs. Then we have a parallel that some sober says. It's domitzas to somebody who gets lost in the desert, gets lost in a wilderness. He doesn't know when it's Shabbos. So halachically, he picks his day of Shabbos where he makes Kiddush and Havdalah. But even on that day, he does enough to keep on alive. Whatever he needs to survive as a, as a Robinson Crusoe type figure, he does, even with his Kiddush. So what doesn't he do? How are the days different? So the days are different that he... he now, every day might be Shabbos. But he does only the malachas that he needs to live every day. On the day that he calls himself Shabbos, he does, he makes Kiddush, he makes Abdullah, he can. And he also does not walk 12 mil, which is the shear of Tchumim Daraisa. So Tosu says in Shabbos, some sofer quotes it. Because if he doesn't keep on walking, he's never going to get out of this forest. He's got to go as far as possible to get out to find humanity. So what do you see? You see that even though he's doing, he has to be machmir on melachis. He can't just wildly say, I'm I'm not keeping Shabbos, because every day might be Shabbos. But he is able on six out of the seven days to go 12 mil and more. Because otherwise he's never getting out of there. And he can't we he can't be in this befuddled state forever. So the Samsober wants to connect this to our case here. Yes. The child will spend years in the in the sanitarium eating trays, but at least he'll get out. And as you can see, this parallel. Now, some sofer says that um, it's not a pure proof. He says because there, that person has to keep Shabbos, and we know that. We're allowing him to sort of be Machal Shabbos in order to eventually keep Shabbos properly. 
But this five-year-old, this seven-year-old, isn't chayiv in any mitzvahs right now. And perhaps we don't need to turn him into a person to be chayiv. In other words, over there, we're going to allow that person to walk in the desert, to walk uh, more than we allow a person to walk on Shabbos, because otherwise they're never getting out. Because that person's chayiv in Shabbos, chayiv in mitzvahs, and is never going to be get back his life unless he does it. But this child, some sofer says, is not is not really chayiv. He's never had a chayiv. Why should we therefore do an avera, which is what we're doing by feeding him this isser, assuming that sending him to the hospital is like putting the food in his mouth? In terms of the child, as far as the Torah goes, he's really potter, isn't he? So some sofer brings a parallel to a from a mogan avram. The mogan avram wants to know that if a child has been kidnapped by Christians or whoever who want to uh, force the child to live the rest of his life like a Christian, are you able to be machal shabbos to chase those Christians and bring him back? So the, the mogan avram says, well, if you think about it. Right now, he's a child. Um, we Bezdin is not really Chayev. The Christians have got him. They're feeding him the wafer and feeding him treif and training him already to be a good Catholic. And if he grows up that way, God is going to understand that, that, that unfortunately he had no other choice because he was a child and that got imprinted on his mind. So maybe we, who says we should be Machal Shabbos? Then the Mogad Avram says, maybe though it's like Bikuach Nefesh. We know if they're going to kill him, you go after him, even though right now he's only a child who's not Chayv and Mitzvot. He's not, doesn't have to keep Shabbos really. And if they kill him, oh, well, he's Potter. So he says, I'm not sure. Some Sofer says that <laughs> it's clear to him that that you have to go after that child. Because the reason why you save someone's life is not because we want him to keep mitzvahs. Some sofer proves from the Gemara and Yuma that you, you save the life of a, of, 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 a, of a baby from a city that's rove goyim. If, because even though rove paskins for you that the child that's under that cave-in is a goy, you still do whatever it takes on the possibility that it's a Jew. So even though that child, had he not had the cave-in, could live as a guy, if that child didn't know his parents was and was raised in the city that, that the Gemara and Yuma is talking about, based on the Mishnah in Trumas, he, he would live like a guy, and it would be awesome for him to keep Shabbos. So why is it that we, when a cave-in occurs, that we're sending the Hatzola to save it? <laughs> that kid isn't, that person isn't going to keep one Shabbos. He shouldn't keep Shabbos. If, he, if, if we would whisper in his ear, he said, you have to treat yourself like you're God. So Tosfus and Yuma says, because it could be a Nefesh Meisrael. Now some Sofer says brilliantly, he says, even though God knows that he is a Jew, that 
that person himself that's under the pile, he doesn't have to keep Shabbos because he could go bust a rove. The same way we eat food all the time based on rove, even though God knew that what we're eating was treif, we have no punishment whatsoever. So basically this, this child from this city, this person from this city is a guy. But still, we don't know that 100%. And when his life is in danger, we can be Machal Shabbos to save him because we're saving the nefesh of a Jew. And that's the same thing that some sofer says when they kidnap a child to turn him into a Christian. Yes, the child will never be guilty, but his soul will not be the same soul. And therefore, you're allowed to be Machal Shabbos. Hmm. Still, the Chum Sofer says, maybe for our child here, maybe we should still leave him alone. Remember, over there, this is a child who, there's nothing wrong with him mentally. He was forced and dragged away. But what we have over here is a child that will stay a shelter. Why should we even let him stay a shelter? So it's interesting that the Rabbi Shmelkish really takes, um, he says, living like a shota is, 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 is a danger to your life. It's, you're not a human being, and it could clearly be, it could clearly lead you to death. So he, he wonders how cab, some say for a sort of cavalier over here in terms of speculating. So basically, what the, some say for is saying is, he says, look, um, we're not really doing an Avera right now. The Avera feeding him Treif, even if it is Treif, we're trying to turn him into a, a good shoe. That would be okay. And no one is really doing any other Isser except that. It's not like Chil Shabbos. No one's being Machal Shabbos. What they're doing is giving him the food, if you want to say enrolling him in the hospital is that. But since that is for a mitzvah, for him to end up becoming Chayv and mitzvahs, that's what they thought. So therefore, it should be Mutu. However, How long, if it's true that there's a arc of intellectual ability, then it would seem that we need to stop his enrollment in this institution when he's at least not a shota. In other words, right now, if we leave him the way he is, he can't do any mitzvahs. He's potter from all mitzvahs. Two years, three years, four years there, He'll be able to be sufficiently developed, as some sofa is sort of speculating, where he's not a shot anymore. Now, you want him to be more than that. You want him to be even better. You want him to be not a shota, but to actually be part and parcel of human life. He says that you can't be mocked. Some sofa says, Mutav shi shota kol yavav. 
So even though, in other words, he's he's enough of a ment his, his mental capacity is sufficient that he is not a shota anymore, Alpi Alocha, and his mitzvahs have a shame mitzvah. But you want him to stay there to feed him trafe, to make him even more of a human being? That we can't do. If enrolling him is feeding him. Now, the, the person, Rav Hersh, thought that, what about Kovar Abrios? We know that if a person discovers that he's wearing shatnes in Rishus HaRabim, he rips the shatnes, he doesn't, he rips the shatnes off, he doesn't rip the shatnes off his body. He keeps on wearing what he's wearing in order not to appear naked in, in, in the street, even though he willingly is wearing shatnes. So here the some sofer says, I don't think this is Kavadabrios. Even though you're right, as this barely intelligent child, he's going to be made fun of. And maybe the longer he stays in the school, he'll be considered more in the community. But there's no busha to him. It's the busha to the family. So you can't say that. The only thing you can say, I believe, he says, is that this is not feeding him. We're not really doing that, is sir. If you want him to stay longer in the sanitarium to the point that he can actually become gainfully employed in some way, he says, that I have a proof to. Because if you look in the the Sefer Smag, he quotes Rabbeinu Baruch, that, that even though you can't feed the child, you can tell a non-Jew to feed him something. So you see that bringing him to the hospital, and, and which is in a way signing his uh, entrance, is sort of like saying, and therefore he's going to now be fed, that's not as if you fed him. Um, it's true, there might be Rishonim who disagree. In a case where you give a child to be nursed by a non-Jewish nursemaid, he says, there at least, you're actually, you're hiring the, the, the nursemaid to feed that's what it's about. Here, the it's incidental, the food. Of course, take care of my child. And that means food as well. But it's not that you're hiring to actually feed the child. And therefore, it's not considered as if you're feeding the child directly. And he quotes the Rashba in Yavamas that says that if you put the child next to the Nevela, you don't put the ham sandwich in his hand, you just put him near the table, and then he'll reach up, that's different. You haven't actually been the bridge directly. And this, therefore, the Samsofer says, is similar to that. Now, so, giving him to the non-Jews, even though you know they're going to feed him, is not as if you're doing it directly. 
And therefore you would have a right to let him stay till he could actually reach what the doctors are saying he could reach. Once he reaches 13, he should be out of there. Me'ikar adin. Me'ikar adin, because he's, if he's already, years before, he wasn't a shota already. And you just wanted him to stay there in order for him to be able to earn a living, to become part of the community. You can't keep him there past 13. But then he says that people that have been the sages way before me have said that there's some negative element of eating treif. Treif in your system isn't just God's gezeira, and therefore halachically it doesn't apply. There's something essentially wrong with non-kosher food that it that it can somehow ruin the human being. And it, it, it develops the, the person into a, an ugly personality. So therefore, the Chum Sofer says, I say, she Let him not. So it sounds like the Chum Sofer is, is retreating. And, 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 and this has given conniptions to many Rabbanim. You know, he seems to allow it. But then at the end, he says, but the power of what Treif can do to the soul is something that you have to be very careful about. Now, it could be, and this is what the Chum Sofer's grandson uh, Rav Shimon Sofer says, is that the Chum Sofer was only referring to after he's already not a Shota. But, in order, but if you're still working on him and he's still a Shota, Minatora, then you can still feed him the trade, like you said before. It's only to, to get him to be a more normal person that you shouldn't give him. That's what the Chum Sofer is talking about here. Um, of the blind girl is a lot different than one that his student was dealing with because, of course, she is not a shota. But she will be a charity case unless she goes to the school. So here, once again, uh, you would have to only allow her to be in that school um, as long as it would take her to earn, to be able to have some sort of living out of it. Now, and that is what the Chum Sofer student, the Maram Shik, Paskins. Vis-a-vis my sister is very bittersweet. Um, it, it provides the hope of the of the 19th century that there were ways that science had to extend the frontier to cure, and therefore we could dismiss the problems of of Chil Shabbos and and Kashrus. And there's no question about it that that as a, a girl in her mental state, she wasn't chayiv in in Shmir Shabbos, and she wasn't chayiv to to be nizhar. And you could rely on the Chum Sofer that that my parents and 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 the community that sent her to that place, it wasn't like that they were over feeding her via diet. And still, the um, the 
Baracha that that the latter part of the 20th century brought, which was Jewish homes, Jewish Ohel, places where development disabled people can live and have a sense of their Jewish life. The great tzedakah of, of, the, of the Jewish community. I don't know if, again, you know, the, the dream of, of making them contributing members to society, that's not really what it's about, but rather to recognize the significance of their souls and to believe that despite the fact that they're not chayv in mitzvahs, fact that that they are surrounded in a area where there is Shmira Shabbos and there also is the Kashras, as some Sofer says, it's it it's it's there's this benefit that I believe, and again this is something which you could you know you could discuss further. Um the you know is something that's that's essential for them to, to to recognize that despite their limitations they belong to our people who says that these tzedakas of of providing for the disabled in this way however should not push away more primary tzedakas because, so this is really gets into like, if there's a question of one or the other, if, if, if a community is very strapped and the option is available for these individuals to be cared for by the states or by, uh, you know, the group home of the county, does the community, is the community chayev in terms of tzedakah to feed them in a, in a place where they have kosher food. The Marshag says no. The Marshag says that, that it it's doesn't have that level of tzedakah. Because as you see, it's much more of a, of a mystical type of significance, a, 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 an idea. And I know this goes really counter to, of course, all the fundraising that, that these institutions are involved in. And there's no question about it that there is a chesed to the parents and the family. And it's also clear, and I can tell you this as someone who saw the result of the abuse that that my sister uh, occurred, that these homes are places where these we, the weaker part of our society are taken care of. But if there is a if there is a um, an a equal place that is being provided by the state that is that is just as caring and just as even though they're not going to be able to get the kosher aspects, the, according to the marshag, that wouldn't be a primary tzedakah. And I think that 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 is something important. Again, it's it it, it 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 somehow muddies the the water for uh, for these places. And and again, I 
I, I, I feel that they need to be supported. But if there's a question of what you're going to cut loose first, because as we've seen, they're not really chayv in mitzvos, and the parents would not be doing an Avera sending that. So therefore, the community support, if it's at the expense of actual tzedakahs that, that are chayv in, it wouldn't Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.